Hey everybody, it's Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram. And you can download the Fern Creek Christian Church app on your phone today. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus, to be a disciple that makes more disciples. So without further ado, here's the message. So this is a fun way to celebrate Father's Day today. Now, this is a little bit changing direction here. Uh, if you notice, we didn't hand out awards for things like, hey, the dad who spent the most time working, please continue standing, right? The dad who completely ignored his kids during Bible and prayer time because he was busy right? The dad who um, didn't come to church on Sunday mornings because he was playing golf. We didn't celebrate that. The, the, the dad who never talked to his kids about faith and life and Jesus, but left it up to the, to the wife. We didn't celebrate that today. But guess what? The good news is we are in church, and if we didn't celebrate that, it's okay because there's hope. If you messed up, there's hope. If you messed up with all your kids, there's still hope. If you don't have kids and you're a lady, whatever, there's no future for kids. You don't, why would you want kids? If you're that person, there's still hope because of Jesus, right? And that's the best thing about coming to church on Sunday morning is no matter what, Jesus is our hope. If you played in a golf scramble with me yesterday or on any team yesterday and you topped the ball and you said something you shouldn't have said, there is hope for you and me too. <laughs> and Walt Zola. All right. I don't know if he's here or not. But the good news is there's hope. So today we're going to be talking about that hope. So last week I stood up here on stage, if you were here, and I said two-thirds of Jesus' ministry happened in this area, talking about the, the, the area north of the Sea of Galilee. And today we're going to be talking about that region again because I went there and I have lots of things to say. Um, so the Sea of Galilee, if you go north about 25 miles, you come to a place known as Caesarea Philippi. This is actually one of the locations of the largest springs that feeds the Jordan River. And it's actually a really pretty area. Sits right on the side of Mount Hermon, as my dad calls it, Mount Hermon. Um, he could not be talked out of that. Um, this area was actually very evil. It was known to be very evil. In the Old Testament, it was a place where lots of false god worship happened. And even later on, Caesarea Philippi was actually one of the central areas in the Roman Empire for false worship in that whole area. So here at Caesarea Philippi, you're going to find this cave, the opening for a cave, and it's known, and Schuyler Whistler, and it's known as the Gates of Hades. This uh, cave entrance was where offerings were given to the god Pan. Now, we won't go into a lot of detail because there are kids here today, uh, but lots of different ways of worship to those false gods happened there. One of those ways was child sacrifice. Um, but that was just one of the many things that happened. There were also there were other pagan temples there as well. And here's a diagram that kind of shows you how it's broken down. That's a, probably about 200 yards in width 
and all that stuff has happened there. In the rock face, you're going to find uh, different pagan temples, Temple of Augustus, the Grotto of the God Pan, the Court of Pan and the Nymphs, the Temple of Zeus, the Court of Nemesis, the Tomb Temple of the Sacred Goats. I didn't make this name up. Um, the Temple of Pan and the Dancing Goats. So no wonder this was considered to be one of the gates to the underworld. So Jesus in Matthew 16 shows up with his disciples and you hear that they went to Caesarea Philippi. They didn't go down into Caesarea Philippi because it was a place that was forbidden to Jews, for Jews to go to. It was a place controlled by the Gentiles. So Jesus would have brought his disciples near here. Probably like Dan, when I was there, pointed out there's like a hillside like 300 yards away where you can still see this huge area. Jesus is probably chilling up there with his disciples and he's using that kind of like a field trip, right? And he uses this to make a point that we're going to discover today. So Matthew 16, we'll start at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven." So Jesus starts off this section of scripture by asking this loaded question, who do people say that I am? Now, he's referring to the son of man as a, as a phrase used in the Old Testament. It's like for king or Messiah. He's referring to Daniel chapter seven, okay? So we're gonna read Daniel chapter seven and this kind of gives us an idea of what Jesus was talking about, what he was referring to. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to look at verse 13. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all nations of the world, so that the people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal and it will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. So if you read the chapter before that, if you just read Daniel, period, you're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff happening. There's, he's actually talking about beasts at this point in time, like these weird creatures. And so if you read this, 13 and 14, you're like, okay, is Daniel talking, is the beast, is it modern-day Russia and China? Is it, is it Roman Empire? What, what is he talking about? We're not getting in that today because I'm not that smart. All right, you can ask Rich about all those details. All right, but the main thing I want to point out is this. Jesus, 600 years later, refers to himself as the son of man. As he was referring to himself as the one who is going to fulfill the prophecy, the son of man. And this is a big deal. Jesus is saying, I'm here, folks. 
the son of man is here. And to use this kind of language with these Jewish men would have gotten their attention in a big way because they grew up, they knew what son of man was. So Jesus goes on in Matthew 16, 15, and Jesus asks this question, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, like Peter often does, speaks up first and he proclaims for the first time, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So then Jesus would go back into the scripture. Jesus responds to Peter's proclamation in 17 and he says, you are blessed Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. There's once again, another place where there's all this stuff happening. We're not gonna break it all down. But I'm just gonna kind of tell you, Jesus, when he says, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. There's all kinds of conversations about what Jesus meant. Our church believes that the important part about that is the rock that he's building his church on is the substance of the statement that Peter made. Jesus is the Messiah or the King. Jesus, you are the son of the living God. You are my King. And listen to this, you are the one that we've been waiting for. This is what the church was going to be built on. And then Matthew 16, 17, and 19, again, we go back into it. It says, the last part of that, it says, and upon this rock I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and wherever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So if you think about hell, like the way we think about hell, devil and the pitchfork kind of thing, it doesn't make any sense to read this scripture. Uh, because it's not like the church is ever going to storm. I'm, me and Craig are going to lead you guys like, guys, let's go to hell. Never going to say that, okay? Because hell isn't a place you come back from. So people in that day, in the traditional sense of that day, would have thought of hell as Hades, right? It is Hades is the equivalent of the Old Testament Sheol or the place of the dead. So when someone died in that day, they didn't believe the traditional Jewish sense was they didn't believe that the person went to heaven because sin separates man from God in that life and the next to come. But they believe that the dead were not in heaven, but they were in Sheol or in Hades, okay? So it's, which is a different place. So the tradition of Jesus's day was that was that Hades had two huge gates and that those gates, and this is so cool, the gates would remain locked and awaiting the day that the Messiah would come and set the captives free, which is cool. So at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus was saying that that day was now upon them. So we see this concept in the book of Revelation uh, it's in Revelation 1.18, where Jesus says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of Hades and death. So I say all that, listen, sit here with me for just a second. 
So Jesus took his disciples, they're on their field trip, they're up here 300, 400 yards, whatever, away looking at this place, looking at Caesarea Philippi, where the gates of Hades are here on your left, and then you have all these temples. For the disciples, this would have been a very powerful moment when Jesus, in the face of one of the most evil places on the planet for these Jewish men, where Jesus looks at that in the face of that evil and he says, I will build my church upon this rock. That's powerful. I am the Messiah and I'm here and I'm going to defeat sin and I'm going to beat death. Jesus, I can't imagine, we read this, we're like, oh, that's cute, Jesus. Good job, buddy. No, Jesus is like, I will protect this house. You know, Jesus is getting it. I feel like Jesus is yelling. We read this and we think Jesus is like, all right, Peter, good job, man. All right, guys, it's time for a snack pack. No, I don't think that's what Jesus was doing. I think we missed the moment altogether. And at some point in time, this has been on my brain since March. At some point in time, I think that we have to also look at our Caesarea Philippi and say, what about you? Who do you say that he is? Who is Jesus to you? You hear it every single day. I don't know what the world's coming to. Did you see Fox News? What was so bad on there? Can you believe what happened? Why do people have to be so evil? I just wish Jesus would come back already and save me. You hear this all the time. But the disciples sit there with Jesus on that hill with child sacrifice happening in front of them. Acts of lewdness, pagan worship in all shapes and fashion happening right there before him. And Jesus, with confidence, states, I will build my church and death, which is the most powerful thing on planet earth, won't stop me and my church. Woo! Right? Yes! So... If you take that and you look at our sin, your sin, my sin, as our Caesarea Philippi, I think it looks different for everybody in this room. Maybe the evil that's before you is pornography. Maybe the evil that is before you is addiction of some sort. Maybe the evil that's before you doesn't even look like evil anymore. Maybe it's subtle. Timothy Keller once wrote, Satan doesn't control us with fang marks on flesh, but with lies in the heart. Maybe you've given up leading your family to Jesus because you're so concerned about money. Maybe your kids are so wrapped up in sports that it doesn't even look like an idol anymore. Listen, I love sports. My kids play sports. But at some point in time, somebody with a brain has to show up and ask the question, has this become an idol to my family? But you know what? I won't pick on sports. Maybe it's not sports. Maybe it's not work. Fill in the blank for yourself. We have this incredible service opportunity coming up on August 5th. We did this last year. August 5th is called School Blitz. And last year was the first year we kind of did it, kind of came up with the idea a little bit later, but we did it with like another 20 churches here in Louisville. We love on schools all over Louisville on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. Ours is a Saturday. And, you know, we ask you, hey, you got 15 minutes? I'm going to count it. I'm going to check I'm going to check it off the list, right? You were there, 15 minutes. If, it, if you're there for two hours, that's fantastic. But this is kind of like our big announcement right here. Last year, 
We called it the school blitz, but it ended up being more like a flurry. We had 13 people show up. 13 people show up for a thing to love the community. We're a church of 900 to 1,000 people. So 10% would be 90 to 100 people to show up on August 5th to love on two of our local schools. I think we can do it. But, and the reason I bring that up is I was disappointed. I was seriously disappointed that we didn't have more people than that. I don't believe we didn't have more people because you're evil. I don't think that's true. I believe that we didn't have more people is because maybe our Caesarea Philippi is busyness. But I'm not here today to crush our souls. And I said this earlier, I'm gonna let Craig do that. All right. That's his full-time job. Listen, I'm here today because I read this scripture and I can say with confidence this, in the face of sin, Jesus wins, right? In the face of destruction, Jesus wins. He holds the keys to heaven and hell. Jesus wins. So as we go about our week, as we start to identify those things in life that might be your Caesarea Philippi, I want you to answer this question with confidence. Who do you say that he is? Now, if your answer is you are my king, you're my, my, you're my Messiah, you're the son of the living God, the one in your life needs to change. Maybe you just need to make some adjustments. That's okay, right? Because Jesus wins, baby, right? But maybe you sit here today and you've never answered that question. There are those of you who are sitting here today who have been coming to church for maybe a month, maybe 10 years. You've been singing songs. You've been sucked into the children's ministry service void with Gary. You serve every week in the nursery. Woo! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing that. But you've never answered the question, who do you say that I am? If you can answer that question, you are my king, you are the son of man, you are the son of the living God, and I wanna follow Jesus, then make the decision to follow Jesus. Talk to somebody at the cross after church. Come grab me, grab an elder. Talk to somebody, make the decision to follow Jesus if you believe it. Last week we talked about making an impact. Maybe that impact needs to start at home with you declaring you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, and I submit to you as my king and I surrender my family. Maybe the reason you work so much and you miss family time is because you're scared of your money. You're scared to death of money, right? You're not an evil person. You're just scared to death that you're gonna fail. Maybe you need to submit that and say, Jesus, you're the king of my finances. If you wanna see an impact happen in your family, then make a decision today. Even though surrounded by evil, you will submit to Jesus. Jesus, you are my Messiah, my King, the Son of the living God. We're getting ready to celebrate communion together. So if you're a believer, I'm gonna ask you to celebrate with me and just take this next couple moments to celebrate. Man, I have hope and this is what I'm celebrating today because I can say you're my King, you're my Messiah, the Son of the living God. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being our King. We needed you and we still need you. So God, help us reflect on these next couple moments, the fact that we were saved by Jesus. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, it's Matt Zola again. 
That was a powerful message we just heard. I pray that what we have learned today wouldn't just be stored in our minds, but would move into our hearts and help us to be conformed into the image of God's Son, Jesus. And I pray that that message helped you become a better follower of Jesus and taught you how to love, live, and lead like Jesus. If you want to talk with somebody about something you just heard or you want prayer for something going on in your life, there's somebody on staff who would love to connect with you. Why don't you email us at office at ferncreekcc.org and we want to put a name to your face. We want to know your story and we want to connect with you in person if we can. Again, that's office at ferncreekcc.org. You know, one of the things we value at Fern Creek Christian Church is being a part of community. If you've been listening to our sermons online or you've been watching our services on YouTube or Facebook, why don't you come visit us in person one Sunday? We would love to get to know who you are, and we believe that we grow better as followers of Jesus in community and not in isolation. You know, God gives us community as a gift. We have services every Sunday morning, 8:45, 10, and 11:15, and we hope that you'll feel welcomed enough to be able to join us and worship with us in person. Thanks for tuning in today. Grace, peace, bless others this week.